Hello, and welcome to The Stat Line. As always, I'm your host, Emmett Ross. So guys, this is my first episode in quite a while, over a month. Sorry about that. Um, Some recent things, uh, well, some things have happened in the sports world since then. You know, NFL Draft will be covering the first round today. I'll give my recap on every pick. Uh, We'll take a little break, do some NFL Draft trivia. Just hope to have a fun, well, not NFL Draft trivia, Jacksonville Jaguars trivia, because they picked first in the NFL Draft, and I thought... It would be good to just do a trivia on that, um, since they picked first in the draft. Um, which happened quite a while ago. Again, sorry about that. Um, since then, uh, I would like to announce a change to the podcast. Do you guys remember my brother Oscar, who used to do the rap, which is a reptile and aquatic podcast? He has now come over to the set line. I said that like you came over to the dark side or something like that. <laughs> and, um,. <laughs> And, um, yeah, he's now managing the stat line. Oscar, you want to say something to the audience? Uh, sure. Um, as you all know, I'm Oscar. I just said that. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, I did. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I said that, like, you came over to the dark side or something. Um, yeah. And you said, uh, I produce the rap, which is, um, Repairing and Quad Podcast? Well, yes, you did. This note I used to. Yep. Yeah, I do. He's not doing that anymore. No, I am not. Um, I'm now on the stat line. He came over to the, the dark side. Yeah, managing this. Um, I am going to be playing all the music and managing. Yep, managing. just managing for the show. Yes. Uh, greatly appreciate Oscar for doing that. And, um, yeah. So, let's get started with, uh, oh, yes, I forgot to remind you guys, um, the website, which I've not done for a while, I will do that, I, I'll put some different NBA stuff since the season has started, and, well, the playoffs have started, um, I'll put some different stuff, NBA and that, I'll put the link to that in the episode description, and, yeah, let's get started with the first round draft recap. So, first pick, Trevor Lawrence, which you probably knew is quarterback out of Clemson. He went number one. Um, I think that this is, I would say an A. That's my letter grading because, you know, clever, I don't say clever Lawrence, um, Trevor Lawrence 
he was a no-brainer as the number one pick. So I'm not going to go out here and say the Jacksonville Jaguars really – it was a tough pick, and they picked the right guy. So this is an A+. I'm not going to say that. It was obvious. But they did definitely get a good guy in Trevor Lawrence, so I'll give them an A. The next one, we have Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. I have mixed feelings about Zach Wilson. I like his arm, but I don't think he will necessarily have a great career in the NFL. I think he'll be good for a couple years as a starter, but I don't imagine after that. I mean, he could bring the the Jets to a winning season or two. Hey, he could prove me wrong, but for the Jets, I'm going to give a B-plus for potential, but I'm just have doubts about Zach Wilson. And 49ers, they drafted Trey Lance, quarterback of North Dakota State, at number three. I like this pick. I think Trevor Lawrence, I mean, Trey Lance has the highest potential out of all of these quarterbacks that went in the first round, but he also has, he could be a complete bust, so he should be really exciting to watch. I'll keep you guys updated on that. And, uh, yeah, uh, as for letter grading, I'll give an A-. minus. Yeah, I'll give an A-. minus. I think there was definitely someone better left, which I'll get to in just one second, but... They uh, they took a big risk and it could pay off in the long term in the long run. So I'll give that to the 49ers. I'll give them an A minus. At number four, I'll, the Atlanta Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. This is an A plus in my opinion, and I don't think I'm being biased here because the Atlanta Falcons they could have they could have got a quarterback, but my case for Kyle Young is he's the best tight end. He's probably He's going to be the best tight end to be drafted in 10 years, in the next 10 years. So he is a generational talent in the NFL. And um, they need the tight end position more than the quarterback right now. So getting Kyle Pitts, um, they won't be, if they need a tight end within the next 5, 10 years, they, they won't need that because of Kyle Pitts. Whereas quarterback Matt Ryan, he's still good. You can get another quarterback. Like, um, you had, like, Justin Fields left, Mac Jones left. You, you can get guys at the same caliber any year. But Kyle Pitts is a generational talent. Although I will say the quarterback gets the ball more and is more productive. So I make a case for both. But I think Kyle Pitts is going to be one of the best tight ends to ever grace the field in the NFL. So that's why I give the Atlanta Falcons an A+. But if it turns out Kyle Pitts is not actually that good in the NFL and can't do that good, which I doubt, then it would be a really big bust where they could have got a quarterback, Justin Field, something like that. But I, I give it an A+, because I really doubt that Kyle Pitts will be anything but spectacular in the NFL. And the one thing that kind of surprised um the one thing that um, concerns me about Kyle Pitts is that he doesn't do good against linebackers or defensive linemen who are bigger than him. But that being said, he is like what six 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 eight. He is huge. There's not that. That's not going to be a big problem. Plus, I don't think Atlanta Falcons will be putting him in a blocking position anyway. At number five, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. They got Jamar Chase. What I say about LSU? 
the reason that they got him over Jalen Model or Devontae Smith was because he's from LSU and he has that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase connection and I really think it'll boost morale for the team. You know, they get a new guy, a familiar face in there. Everybody's excited for the season. And honestly, Jamar Chase might be the best wide receiver in this draft. I, I think the Bengals, yeah, I mean, there's nothing more to say. This was just a perfect fit, and it didn't shock. I don't think it shocked anyone. I'm going to give this, I'll be kind of generous with this one. I'll give it a, a at number six, I have the Miami Dolphins getting Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, I think it was the clear option because the Tua thing, and um, yeah, kind of like the Jamar Chase. I'll give it the same grade. Uh, a for the same exact reasons, other than replace Joe Burrow with Tua Tagovailoa and Jamar Chase with Jalen Waddle. And number seven, I have the Lions picking Penaisi well. This kind of surprised me. I didn't think that the Lions needed an uh, offensive tackle as much as a wide receiver like Devontae Smith. But, hey, he's still good on a very weak offensive line. I think he's a good addition. But I think if they could they could have picked someone else who they need at, at a position that they needed more who is potentially better. But Penaisi well is definitely a steal at this pick even though I think all the other players before him, uh, other, other than the exception of Zach Wilson, belong there. Um, so, yeah, this was just very good draft class at the beginning. Um, at number eight, I have the Panthers picking. Uh, they picked a J.C. Horn. It kind of surprised me that J.C. Horn went before Patrick Sertain, but, hey, uh, the Carolina Panthers wanted to pick J.C. Horn first, and I, I don't think that this was necessarily uh, this was necessarily necessary a pickup for the Panthers. I don't think they really needed to add on to their uh, defensive back, and um, they maybe could have addressed a position like the offensive line or defensive line. Uh, with uh, what's that guy's name? The defensive tackle who they just cut or retired? I forget which one. I'm not. I'm not sure. Anyway, I think they should have addressed the offensive line here. But I'll be. Oh yeah, I don't think I give Panice well a grade. Um, B plus. Uh, for the Panthers being J.C. Horn, I'll give a B minus. For the Denver Broncos, Patrick Sertain. I think he was the better cornerback in this draft. And he went as a second cornerback to the Broncos. I still think he might have been kind of a reach. The cornerbacks in the draft aren't quite as solitated as the normal as normal draft classes. Um, but they needed a cornerback, so they got the best one in the draft and the best one available. So yeah, I'll I'll give it a B plus. For ten, I have the Philadelphia Eagles getting Devontae Smith. I. I can't say bad anything bad about Devontae Smith. I think he fits in good with the Eagles. Um, yeah, I I got nothing else to say about Devontae Smith. I'll give it a a minus. Um, at eleven, I'm the Chicago Bears picking Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a great quarterback. 
but not he won't be great on the Bears. I don't think he fits in with the Bears scheme or the roster. I, I just I just don't like Justin Fields at the Chicago Bears. I don't. I think that um Chicago Bears maybe should have <laughs> addressed <laughs> that was a technical difficulty by the way. Uh Oscar's first day here, so no worries. Um I think that they should have addressed a different position. I I'm not sure what that would be. There's a lot of them that they could have addressed. But they drafted a quarterback and at least it's a good quarterback. Um I guess if they change their scheme a little bit more to fit running quarterbacks, like mobile ones, um, I think that's what they need to do. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I have maybe a B. If I had to rank Justin Fields, I would say an A, and the fit's a C. So that's why it's a B. Um, at 12, I have the Cowboys picking my, Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Um, I do not have him picking that act- that happened. Um, I like this. Micah Parsons is a really good linebacker, but I don't think he's maybe, I think, the best defender in the draft. But I don't think the Cowboys needed to pick a linebacker. I think they should have addressed something else, like the offensive line. I think some of these teams need to address offensive line over the players that they picked. So I think that Micah Parsons is not a good fit. And, um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Well, I mean, he's a good fit, but I don't think it was a necessary pick for them to get. I think they should have just a different position as in the offensive line. So I'll give this pick a B as well. At the number 13, the Chargers pick Rashawn Slater. Um, I think he's definitely... He's a really good offensive tackle, but I think the Chargers should have should have addressed their defensive backs. So I'll give this one a B minus. And I'm 14. The Jets picked again. They picked Elijah Vera Tucker, and you know this was good. Um, they got someone to protect Wilson, um, and they kind of needed an offensive lineman. I think they could have traded lower. They didn't need to trade up so high, but you know, they got their offer. So, yeah. Well, well, well. They got they got Elijah Bear Tucker, which I guess all is all that matters. They got a good offensive lineman. So I'll give it a B. At number fifteen, I have the New England Patriots picking Mac Jones. I think that um, I don't think Mac Jones is that good of a prototype. Well, is not that good of a quarterback. I don't think he will be that good in the NFL. So, I'm going to give him a B- minus just because I, I respect Bill Belichick. He's up to something. At number 16, I have the Arizona Cardinals picking Zayvon Collins. I'm sorry I keep saying that. The Arizona Cardinals pick Zayvon Collins. I don't know a lot about this guy, but I don't think the Cardinals needed to address their defense. Maybe more their offensive line. Um, but, yeah, so I'll give this pick a C+. Plus. Number 17, 
I th- the Las Vegas Raiders picked Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle of Alabama. This was a team that maybe could have addressed their defense more, but just kind of reversed the most of the teams this year. Um, but they got a good offensive tackle, and yeah, so I'll give a B plus. Be kind of generous. On um, my number eighteen, I have the the Dolphins pick Jalen Phillips. Um, there's not a lot I can say about this pick. Um, I mean, he's a good fit. I don't think he'll be great in the NFL. I think he'll be good. Um, so my grade is um, B plus. Yeah, I think it was yeah. At number 19, the Washington football team picked Jamin Davis, who's a linebacker of Kentucky. Uh, defense is not quite what they needed to address, but they did it. And he's a good linebacker. I'll give you that. Um, I guess it's to replace... It was a dude who retired. Um... Uh, it was a linebacker. I gotta search this up. Rare mid episode search. Okay, let's see. Who was it? I know this guy. Um. Uh. You know what? I'll think of it later. Um. Anyway, I think it's a B. Because good player, but not what they need to address. Number 20 of the, the Giants picked Kadarius Tony's wide receiver out of Florida. This one was the first real surprise. I didn't think that this guy was going to go first round. Um, But, you know, he did, and Giants surprised me. They already had um had signed Kenny Galladay over the offseason. So, yeah. Um, I'll give this one a B minus. I don't. Hey, it could be good. Um, at number twenty one, <laughs> I have the uh, the Colts picked Quitty Pay. This dude is kind of a steal at twenty one. You're having technical uh, difficulties. technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> Definitely not dog um, market. Yes. No. Um, so yeah, was the Colt. The Colts picked Quitty Pay. He was uh, this position, but I don't think they need a draft a defensive lineman. I will though give it a B plus. Uh number twenty two, I've the the Titans picked Caleb Farley, a cornerback at Virginia Tech. Again, I think this is kind of a steal for where they got him. And they needed to address this position, so I'll give it an A. Number twenty three, the Vikings picked Christian Dirasa, offensive tackle at Virginia Tech. I think this is a He's one of the better offensive tackles. I think this this draft's offensive line is definitely underrated. Um, yeah, he's definitely an offensive tackle, and the Vikings needed one. So I'll give this one a A minus. Number twenty four, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers picking Najee Harris. Oh, I my thought Travis Etienne was going to go here. I prefer Travis Etienne over Najee Harris, but. Eh. I'll give this one a B plus because Najee is a good player and they needed a running back. But they could have got Travis Etienne, so it's B plus. 
at 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars picked it. You guys, Travis Etienne, um, who's running back out of Clemson. Um, good fit. And, yeah, I think they've addressed most things already. So, yeah, I'll give this pick an A. At number 26, the Cleveland Browns picked Greg Newsome, cornerback out of Northwestern. This is a good cornerback. The Cleveland Browns needed this, but they didn't need it that much, and he's not that great. So I'll give this a B plus. At 27, the Ravens picked Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Uh, wide receivers are also undervalued in this draft. And, yeah, um, Ravens kind of needed one. Well, they drafted they drafted a lot. Um Hopefully, this can be their wide receiver number one, wide receiver number two, wherever they need him play. And I'll give it a B plus. 28, the Saints picked Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston. Kind of questionable. questionable. I didn't expect this guy to go in the first round. But Saints always surprise you. I'll give this one a B. 29, the Packers picked Eric Stokes, a quarterback out of Georgia. Another guy I didn't expect to go in the first round. Um... But the Packers kind of didn't need a cornerback, so I'll give this one a B plus. At thirty, the Bills picked Gregory Roseu, edge out of Miami, with Miami, Florida. Um, I think the I expected this dude to go higher. I think he's a good fit. Hope he doesn't take over AJ Epinesa spot. Um, but he plays on the other end of the line. Thirty, the thirty one Ravens picked again. They picked. Adafe away, a edge out of Penn State. Um, I I don't know this dude that much, but if he's the Ravens, must see something. I'll put trust in the Ravens and say he's gonna be good. So I'll give it a B plus. At last pick, the Buccaneers pick Joe Tryon, a edge out of Washington. They didn't really need to address anything, so they just addressed the weakest spot, uh, the best player left, which happened to be an edge. I'll give this one a B. He's not that great, but they addressed their biggest weak spot. And um, we're going to take a quick break here on the stat line, and we'll be back to you shortly. Hey guys, welcome back to the stat line. It's been a while since my latest episode. Um, actually, it's been a little while since my latest recording, I should say. So the first part, uh, so what I was going to do today, that was recorded May 26th. Currently, it is June 5th. Since May 26th, I've had some problems recording with Anchor, which is the, which is the app I'm using right now to record this. I suggest you guys go check it out. It's a really great app. Um, I was just having some problems recording. It was just my computer problems. Anchor's great. Um, and I just like to tell you guys, if you want to follow me, you guys can just hit the subscribe button on whatever you guys are listening to. I would also like to remind you guys, 
I'll send the link to my website in this episode description. I've not been keeping up to date with that. That is my bad. Um, I've been meaning to do that recently, but uh, I've just been forgetting, really. Um, so we're going to get into just Jacksonville Jaguars trivia. And then we're just going to wrap up today's episode. Oh, it's, hope it's been a good episode so far. So here we go. Um, first question. Who did the Jacksonville Jaguars take with the first pick of the 1995 NFL expansion draft? Expansion draft? Steve Bierline, Mark Brunel, Tony Baselli, or Jimmy Smith? My guess is Brunel, but I, I would say a close second is Bierline, so I'm going to guess Brunel. Let's see. Incorrect, so Bierline. Yep, uh, he was the first quarterback for the First, he, he was the quarterback for the first team in history. Qu- quickly lost his starting job to former Green Bay Packers uh, backup Mark Bruno. Um, so he started, I'm sorry, he for the first game in team history, but he lost the job to Mark Bruno. Um, who is the first Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback to pass for more than 4,000 yards in a season? Like Bortles? That seems a little late. David Garrard? Not sure I say that. It's G A R R A R D. Garrard. Very fun word to say. Mark Brunel or Byron Lockwich, who currently works at Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think for the offensive coordinator job. I'm not confident. I know it's an offensive job, though. It may be offensive line. I think, I think, you know what? I'm going to go offensive coordinator. Um. Well, I would imagine it's Brunel because if he. He quickly lost a job to Beerline. Quickly lost a job to Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel is probably going to do good for the Jaguars, even though I don't know him. So I'm going to go Brunel. Yep, uh, he threw for four thousand. The second the Jag, Jaguars second season, Mark Brunel threw for a whopping four forty three hundred sixty seven yards. And wide receivers Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith. Each accumulated over a thousand receiving yards. What player was so popular he had a burger named after him? Tony Baselli, Fred Taylor, Mark Brunel, or Jimmy Smith? I think it's Tony Baselli. Um, I'm a vegetarian, but even a Baselli burger sounds like something I want to bite into. Let's see. Yep, offensive tackle Tony Baselli was the second pick in the 1995 NFL Draft. He was so popular that Jacksonville area McDonald's offered the Baselli burger in his honor. Well, that's an interesting fact. What was the only team that beat the Jaguars in 1999? Titans, Ravens, Browns, or Steelers? We can mark off Browns because I don't think that they were that that good in the late 90s. Um, The Titans were just starting. I think they transferred to Tennessee. Uh, I think they started in Tennessee in like 1996, maybe. I'm not confident on that. It's going to be Ravens or Steelers. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I don't think that the Ravens were that good either right then. I think Steelers probably. Nope. It wasn't the Steelers or the Ravens. Okay, then I think it might have to be the Titans. Okay, it was, including the playoffs. The Jaguars had a 15-3 and record. 
three lo- all three losses came at the hands of the Tennessee Titans. Wow. That's that's really surprising. I didn't think that Tennessee was that good then. I, I didn't think that they became good until like the 2010s. What mantra did Coach Jack Del Rio introduce in 2003? Keep chopping wood. Do your job. Unfinished business or whatever it takes. I think unfinished business probably because it's it's the funnest one of those. So, so I'm gonna go unfinished business. Nope. Uh, let's see. I guess whatever it takes. Uh, maybe do your job. No, it's keep chopping wood. He placed a wooden stump and axe in the Jaguars' locker room as a symbol of his rallying cry. It was meant to indicate how the team would slowly whittle away at the op- obstacles in front of them. Okay. Okay. Who, pers- who purchased the Jaguars in 2011? Ziggy Wilf? Wayne Weaver? Shahi Khan? Or Steve Tisch? Uh-oh. I'm sorry I am butchering these names. I'm going to go, uh, I'm not sure I pronounce this name. If it's Shahid or Shahid, but, um, S-H-A-I-D Khan. Well, S-H-A-H-I-D Khan. Um, just because I know he currently owns the team, so that's just my guess. Yep, it was purchased by, the team was purchased by a Pakistani American billionaire and business tycoon. Sahid Khan, I'm gonna go Sahid now. An estimated seven hundred and seventy million. That's a lot of money. Um. Oh yeah, if you guys want to contact me, you guys can contact me at thestatlinepodcast at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. And let's get to question number seven. How many seasons did quarterback Byron Leftwich play all sixteen regular season games? Seven, one, zero, or three? My guess is it's zero, but he played a couple of different seasons. He's like 13, 14, but he just got injured. So my guess is zero. Correct. During his nine-year NFL career, Byron Lefkowitz never played, never once played all 16 games. Probably due to benching and injury, a mix. Which Jacksonville safety held the secondary and tackles for seven trade seasons? Donovan Darius, Rasheen Mathis, Jonathan Kyprin or Reggie Nelson? I'll give you guys a second thing on this one. Okay, um, let me think. Well, the only one I feel like uh, I recognize is Jonathan Cyprin. I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name. It's C-Y-P-R-I-E-N. Um, let's see. Nope, uh, I'm guessing it's Reggie Nelson then. Let's see, Donovan Darius or Rasheen's Mathis? Donovan Darius, apparently, about that last one. Uh, Darius led the secondary tackles for seven trade seasons until a season-ending injury and a streak in 2005. Who was Jacksonville's first 1,000-yard rusher? Leonard Fournette? That's too late for uh, James Stewart, Fred Taylor, or Maurice Drew Jones. I'm going to go Fred Taylor. I don't know what position he plays, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yep, it was Fred Taylor. He started 12 of 15 games for the Jaguars as a rookie in 1998, rushing for 1,223 yards and 14 touchdowns, a career high, while also catching 44 passes for 421 yards and three touchdowns. 
quite productive for a rookie. And last one before we end today's show, who was the first head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Mel Tucker, Jeff Del Rio, Tom Coughlin, or Mike Mularkey? Uh, I'm going to go Jeff Del Rio because um, it was the 2003 thing. Let's see. Incorrect. Um, I'm going to go Mike Mularkey. Mm, that's incorrect. Um, let's see. Mel Tucker. Tom Coughlin. I'm going to go Mel Tucker. No, it was Tom Coughlin. No, we're going to do one more. we got to end the show right. Coughlin was the inaugural head of the Jacksonville Jaguars, serving from 1995 to 2002. Leading the team to two AFC championship games, he finished their right. Re- Finished with the regular season record of 16, 68, and 60. So we're going to do another one just so end the show good. Uh, who's Jacksonville's all-time leading scorer? Maurice Drew Jones, Fred Taylor, Josh Scobie, or Josh Lambeau? Um, Josh Lambeau is a kicker. Sorry, that's just a helicopter. Um, <laughs> that's something I never thought I would say on a show. Um, I'm going to, I think Josh Lambeau, just because he's a kicker, Fred Taylor was a running back, and it said his career high was, like, 18 touchdowns in one season. That's a lot of points, but a kicker makes more than that every year. Um, so I think it's Josh Lambeau. That's my guess. Incorrect. Um, Josh Scobie. Yep. Place kicker Josh Scobie finished, at least it was a kicker. Place kicker Josh Scobie ended his Jacksonville Jaguars career with 235 field goals, 317 points for a total of 1,022 points. That is an interesting fact and a good way to end our show. Remember, guys, uh, check out my website in the link. I'll add some more. I'll add a reaction to game one and my predictions for this round i'll try to get to that later today um you guys can send in emails to ghostoutlinepodcast at gmail.com questions if you want to me to advertise something on here I'll, i do it for free um well uh and don't forget to hit that subscribe button um we'll see you next time right here on the stat line Music created by Forrest Houston Felt and yours truly. Managed by Oscar Ross. <laughs>